0: Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. (laughs) Isn't it a great time of the year? It's just absolutely fantastic. And thank you for the prayers uh, this morning. And uh, for Adrian and I to come into the city for the whole service, it's like a holiday. (laughs) Instead of doing 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, then 6 o'clock in the evening just to do one service, I feel like, gosh... This is. I could do this every week, actually. <laughs> it'd be fantastic. So, hey, it's it's good to be. Hey, just to mention our um, carol service tonight. Boy, I tell you, they've they've messed up our auditorium one there. I went in there yesterday, and I thought, well, I'm glad I'm not here on Sunday morning because they've just turned it upside down. There's things of the lights all over the place and Christmas trees, and so they put in a hay bales and oh man, they've put in a massive effort for the uh, carols night tonight. it it'd probably be a full house. So. I encourage you to come along. It's always a great night. Then our service is next week, 9, 11, and 6 p.m. is a Christmas Eve service. And then Monday at 9 a.m. is our Christmas Day service, and that will be full. So come and join us. They're always great services. Okay. Father, as we come to your word this morning, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would take what I speak and you would write it upon the fleshly tablets of human hearts, Lord, uh, not by the voice of man, but by the finger of God. Father, we'd receive something this morning that truly will help us and position us moving forward. Lord, into all that you have planned and purposed. Father, for our own lives, individually, personally, but also for Church Unlimited here in the city. So, Father, we just pray, give us ears to hear, Lord, what your Spirit would say to us. Father, this morning... In Jesus' name, amen. Well, what I want to share this morning is not really a Christmas message as such, but I just trust it will um, really help you as you look forward to a new year and look forward into your future. You remember a few weeks ago, I don't know, a few months ago, I shared a message on getting out of our comfort zone, and one of the results of that will be growth. We grow in fruitfulness and maturity. All growth occurs outside the comfort zone. How many of you like getting out of your comfort zone? By the way, just give us a wave. Not one person. One. How many hate? How many hate getting out of your comfort zone? Yeah. And the rest of you have no idea. You, to raise your hand would get out of your comfort zone, wouldn't it? So that's probably the proof in it in itself there. But uh, as you look to a new year, I want to encourage you to make a decision that you know. Somewhere else, that most days you're going to do something that stretches you outside of just a life of ease. Make that phone call that you should have made a few years ago. Why not forgive that person that's been haunting your life for many years? Attend a prayer meeting. That could be out of the comfort zone. What about invite someone to church? Here's one that really I've struggled to get church unlimited to get into this, but sit two rows forward. Right? Wouldn't that be it be? People always fill up the back rows first, and we're always trying to get people up the front rows. Back. But that's too much too much of a stretch for some people to do that. But you know, getting out of the comfort zone, I believe, is a new track that uh, God is calling us to embrace. You know, we've had that phrase: "You can't run a bigger, faster train on old tracks." To be a bigger, faster church, more effective church, to be a bigger, faster you. You can't run on old tracks. We need some new tracks, some new ways of doing things. So let's go to Matthew 14 for one of the greatest moments of getting out of the comfort zone that you will read anywhere in Scripture. There may be more, but this one's a good one. So Matthew 14, 25 to 31. Now the fourth white watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking out on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. It would have been a pretty scary moment, wouldn't it? And immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. What possessed Peter's mind to ask Jesus? To I mean, what would you, how many of us would have done that? But, you know, Peter, something got into Peter's mind, he inspired, I guess, in some way, to walk on the water. And so he said, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. When he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sing, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him, and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So Peter got out of the boat, out of this comfort zone. And as a result of that, he walked on water. He refused to be a boat potato. We hear about couch potatoes, but he was, wouldn't be a boat potato. So we've ended, I believe, a season where God's inviting each of us to step out of the comfort zones. And as with Peter, you end up walking on water. What does that mean? You walk in a realm of God, a supernatural realm, that you never thought you ever would. And that's what happened to Peter. Is only when he got out of the boat, he went into something beyond himself, something beyond the natural. And I think to some measure, Church Unlimited is... Walking on water, because we're doing things that we never thought we would ever do. It didn't mean getting out of our comfort zone. Yeah. I mean, to, uh, for example, when we made that shift from Auditorium One to the Trust Arena, you know, that seats five thousand people. That was, believe me, that was getting out of the comfort zone, mainly due to Julian, because he said, I'll take all responsibility if it doesn't work. Yeah. He did seriously. He said that to me. He said, I know you're going to fill that place. So that was part of my motivation to get out of the comfort zone. And of course, what? God came through, double the conference again to around 3,000 people. It was extraordinary. But we had to get out of the boat to, to get that walk on water. And uh, as you know, we've just got Church Unlimited Sydney underway. And uh, so they've finally got themselves. They've been having house meetings, and now they've just moved to a, a hall in a, um, a, um, uh, a hotel sort of room that they found that takes about 70 or 80 people in it. They've had a couple of meetings in there, and just, it's just going really, really well. And from a couple that know nobody, and uh, I don't know how, you know, they're just getting underway, and they've seen a few people say, But again, you know, Church Unlimited Sydney, what was that? We had to get out of our comfort zone. And now we're starting to walk on water and having a church, you know, outside of New Zealand, not to mention Tuvalu as well. So it really, you know, does take a bit of courage sometimes to do that. But I'm not talking about taking crazy risks, all right? Peter heard the voice of God. Peter's God said, come, all right? So all of these moves that we make, we do hear from God. I think that's our greatest strength probably as a church. Um, and it's also good to get uh, wise counsel. But imagine how Peter felt walking on water. He would never have been the same. How many would agree he'd never be the same person again? Imagine the the feeling of the water. You know, he's walking. Imagine what he he must have recalled that so often. I guarantee he raised it in many conversations. You know, when people were boasting about what they were with, he said, well, let me tell you a bit of a story. Or his kids. I don't know, assuming he had some kids. You know, kids say, well, my dad, you know, did a bungee jump. and Well, well, my dad did a skydive. Well, Peter's kids get up and say, hey, yeah, my dad walked on water. Beat that, you know. Fathers, do something that your your kids want to boast about. Something for God that they're going to say, well, my dad, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. I had a guy come and visit me in my office just the other day. He He was about 55, and all he could talk about was my dad this and my dad that and my dad the other thing and my dad this and one. He just couldn't stop raving about his dad. I thought, wow, what a testimony that is. It's just, just passing thought. No extra charge for that point. All right. <clears throat> so Peter could, never, Peter could never from that day settle for a life in the boat again. Yeah. He was out. He was out, man, and he was going. And so they say that getting out of the boat was Peter's gift to Jesus. The experience of walking on water was Jesus' gift to Peter. The, gifts were, the first gift came from Peter. I think God's calling us to give Jesus a gift yeah. out of our comfort zone, and then Jesus will give us a gift of walking on water or something beyond the natural. Getting out of the comfort zone raises an issue that I really want to talk about for a few minutes today, and that's the issue of failures and mistakes. So here's a photo going to come up on the screen for you. What if I fail? Have we got that one there for you guys? Yeah. What if I fall? But oh, my darling... What if you fly? That was Peter, you know? The, the other disciples said, but Peter, what if you sink? And he probably thought, yeah, but oh, what if I walk on water? Which he actually did. Yeah. And uh, sometimes, you know, getting out of our comfort zone puts that risk in. So you step out of your comfort zone. Okay, here's a scenario. And you fail. You get it wrong. Now what? What are you going to do? You're gonna quit? Never try again? Spend the rest of your life in regret. Here's a new track for Church Unlimited. And I say this carefully that making mistakes and failing is okay. It's okay. It's not the end of the day. It's a new track. And I'll explain what I mean by that. This is not a license to sin. You know that. You know what we teach. You know what we preach. We're not talking to go out and sin and it's all like, no, no, we're not saying that. But to make mistakes and to fail is okay. It's okay. You know, at Christmas, Jesus came what for? To forgive our past. The mistakes we made in history. You know, God has made ample room for our mistakes. I want to say you can recover from every mistake you have ever made. And this is something that cripples people's lives. Let me give you some scriptures on this. Psalm 37, 23, 24. The steps of a good man. So we're talking about a good man here, all right? Are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Though he fall. Hello? Good man falls. But what happens after that? He's not going to be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. God picks him up and moves him forward again. But he did. The good man did fall. There's another scripture there that I I really like that's even stronger than that one, which says, uh, Proverbs 24, 16, A righteous man may fall seven times. Seven times, and what? He doesn't stay there and rise again. Now, seven is a number of completeness, which meaning that that we can fail repeatedly more than seven times and rise again. The key issue is not how often you fail or fall, but how often you get up. Yeah, good. This is a part of life. You know, for example, how, how did you learn to walk, by the way? You, you started walking, you know, and your kid gets up, and he takes a few steps, and he stumbles and falls on the ground. The kids, t- What do the parents say? You stupid kid. Why did you try to walk? We knew you would never do it. Now, what do you congratulate the kid, don't you? Because you're so delighted that he even took a few good steps. And how did you learn to ride a bike? Yeah, okay, you grazed your leg, you fell off many times, but what, you got back on the bike again and you tried again. Life, how we. How did we, we brought up by mistakes, we learn through mistakes, we learn by failure. How did you learn to drive a car, by the way? Yeah, that lamppost that you hit on the side there, that bumper you went into, that, you know, that <laughs> ticket you got for going too fast around the corner, whatever. That's how you learn. Life, how we grow, how we develop, it's a law of life is you grow through mistakes, you grow through falling, you grow through errors a- a- along the way. <clears throat> I heard someone say, you know, I've made mistakes. I know you find that hard to believe. But I've made a few mistakes before I saved, and I've made plenty of mistakes. How many of you made a mistake since you've been saved, by the way? Give me a wave. Gosh, some people, are, Jesus is here. <laughs> some, there's some people who never made a mistake. Can we meet you afterwards? It's like to shake your hand and... You know, it'd be awesome. <clears throat> I've made mistakes, and sometimes I've made a mistake or done something wrong, and, I've, and then God's continued to bless me. And I've sort of gone back to God, and I've said to God, I don't quite understand this. I-, I just messed up in that situation. And you actually blessing me more. Get up and preach, and the Spirit's strong. And I think, God, what's the deal here? Now, I'm not talking about sin and gross sin and all that so Just, you know, errors that we make mistakes. But I sort of say, well, well God, what's... Well, I don't understand. It's almost like God says to me, Tark, I knew you were going to make mistakes. I allowed for that. And in fact, I love you so much, I can't stop blessing you. And it's a truth for all of us. You know, God loves us so much. And He's made ample room for our... Mistakes. So someone said this. It's get some mistakes behind you early. Come on, just get some get some out of the way so you don't have to present this image of never failing. You know, never making a mistake, because that paralyzes people. It, paraly- it really starts people from moving forward. So here's a key to move your life forward. Take one step out of your comfort zone, because one step of action is worth more than a thousand discussions. Or a thousand sermons. You're going to have a sermon after sermon after sermon. But better than all those sermons, just do something with one of them. One step of action will change your life forever. Just make a move. And you can decide, even as I'm preaching, what that move might be. So when it came for the children of Israel to cross the River Jordan, it was really interesting. Because God promised that He would make a way for them. But they had to take the first step. Listen to Joshua 3.13. As soon as the souls of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord... The Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream, they shall stand in the heat. Notice something here. When did the waters part? As soon as the soles of the feet of the priests rested in the waters. God said, I'm going to part the water for you. I'm going to work a miracle, but you've got to get your feet worked first. We don't. Want, hey, I think the Red Sea was a bit easier. Keep part of the waters first, and this, then they could all walk on dry ground. But not for Joshua. He said, "No, no, I'm not even going to part the water. You, you take a step <laughs> into the water first, and then I will part the Jordan River for you." Which was amazing. So, when you take a risk to use your talents to serve God, and I encourage everyone here: use your talents to serve God you've got gifts, you've got abilities that people need. But when, once you use them, you then discover, you know, the thrill of God working through you and blessing other people. You discover that, but you have to get your feet worth it first. You have to serve first. You know, to, in the whole area of finance, you know, you, we, if you, you know we learn when you, give, uh, when you take the risk of giving generously, you discover God's faithful to take care of you and he blesses your finances. But you've got to take the first step out of your comfort zone. You've got to step out first, and then you discover God's blessing. So we can know and read all about God's power, His greatness. Nothing is impossible with God. He's a miracle. We can read all about it in the Bible. But really, that's not going to help us experience it as such. What we've got to do is we've got to take some steps out of the boat, and then we'll experience what this book is all about. So we know that lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You're never going to experience that until you actually start laying hands on a few people. And I want to suggest you have to lay hands on probably 100 people before the first one may get healed. But you just keep doing it, doing it, doing it. Keep getting out of the boat. Keep getting out of your comfort zone. And eventually, you're going to experience the supernatural power of God. But you have to get your feet wet first. You have to take the risk, isn't it? Don't you always find it a risk? You pray for someone, you think, oh, man, what if nothing happens? What if nothing changes? And often it doesn't. But do you stop there? No. You try again. You might call it a mistake. You might call it a failure. I wouldn't call it that, but you keep trying again. I was praying with someone the other day, and he came at the front of the souvenir, He had pain in the soles of his feet, so he couldn't. He could hardly stand on his foot. So he said, can, uh, "He asked me to pray for him." So I prayed for him, but I could tell he had faith because even though as I was praying, he was starting to move his leg around. And I thought, "Man, this guy's got faith." So I prayed a bit more. Then he stood on his foot, and I said, "How is it?" He said, "It's all gone in just that moment." So you know, but the point I'm making: you've got to pray for people. Step out of your cover. Hey, everyone here, tell the person next to you you've got a healing ministry. Go and tell them because that's the Bible. Yeah. The Bible says that. Lay hands on the sick. If you believe, you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. Okay, who, who, want, who would like to see that healing ministry happening? Yeah. Get your feet wet. Yeah. Come on, step out. Pray for someone. If someone says they've got a headache, say, Can I pray for you? If someone says, You know, they're not sleeping well, say, Can I pray for you? And I tell you, it will only be a matter of time before you start seeing. Miracles, but you've got to get your feet wet first. I always feel sorry for people who go into hospital and pray for someone. The next day the person's died. I've heard that a few times. I <laughs> oh, have, I've heard that a number of times. Pretty scary stuff, isn't it? But, hey, just keep on doing it. I just say go back and pray for someone else. <laughs> just make sure it's not me, all right? Now, for those who are over 40... You're never too old to get out of the boat. You know, you don't stop dreaming because you get old. You get old because you stop dreaming. Never lose the spirit of adventure. Write that down somewhere, please. Never lose the spirit of adventure. Doing something fresh, something new, trying something different, because I think it's important. See, you don't stop getting out of the boat because you get old. You get old because you get stopped getting out of the boat. I'm going to keep getting out of the boat. <laughs> I'm going to keep getting out of my comfort zone. Because my Bible says, you know, young men shall see visions. I see a lot of those. Old men shall dream dreams. Grayson. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't mean that. Just slip of the tongue there. <laughs> slip of the tongue, Grayson. Dream, but they, they dream, dream. They're still dreaming. They're still dreaming. You getting it? Never stop dreaming. Never stop getting out of your comfort zone. It's just so important to do that. <laughs> but like when a young person asks for a date. the person says no. Ask five times, they still say no. <laughs> That's pretty good, you eh? Getting out of your comfort zone, five no's. What do you do then? Oh, you just cross that person off as not good enough. It's just a different approach, all right? (laughs) Never think you're not good enough. It's them. them they're They're the ones that are not good enough. So failure is success and progress. It's a pathway to achievement. Remember, failure does not mean you're a failure. It just means you haven't succeeded yet. Please take note of that. There are no failures in this room. No failures. Maybe you've just not succeeded, but you will. So you never fail until you stop trying I want you to think about Judas and Peter for a moment because I think they provide one of the most striking contrasts in handling failure with extraordinary consequences. Take courage but courage for, for, for a start that a mighty apostle like Peter can actually fail because he did. Also, Judas, who walked with God, all that, walked with Jesus all those years, he also made a mess of things. They both were chosen by Jesus to be in the select 12. Both heard the spellbinding teaching of Jesus both saw and performed never performed never before seen miracles. Both went through times of hope, fear, and disillusionment. But as the pressure increased, both proved fallible and denied Jesus. Peter said in Matthew 26, 72, which I still struggle to believe. He says, "I don't know the man." I mean, that's pretty strange. I mean, he denied Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. It's incredible, isn't it? Then Judas went on to betray Jesus for thirty pieces of silver. <laughs> So we see here massive failures by two apostles. I don't think anyone in this room has failed as much as these two guys. There's no one here who's betrayed Jesus publicly, like Judas did. There's no one here, I don't think, that's denied Jesus publicly three times. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. Let's watch the responses. <clears throat> Both had failed badly. Judas is remorseful, but apparently not repentant. He took his own life. He went down as the greatest traitor in history. Well, imagine living with that. In contrast, Peter, though humiliated, received Jesus' message of grace and forgiveness. The one-time, three-times denier of Jesus went on to lead a great revival became a pillar in the church and a leader of the apostles. Just think of this. One of the greatest failures of all time in Peter, I want to suggest, went on to become one of the greatest Christian leaders of all time. Now that's the grace, forgiveness, mercy, and restoration power of God. His mercy is limitless. His forgiveness is unending. This is amazing grace. If Peter can get up and become a great leader of the church, you can get up as well. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter how badly you've failed. The blood of Jesus has never lost its power. It can cover the vilest of sins, the greatest of mistakes. Multitude of errors can be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Christmas is all about Jesus coming really to give us a second chance. Jesus coming to forgive our history, to forgive our past, to, to forgive our mistakes and failures before we're saved, but also to forgive them after we're saved. That's why it will be forever the greatest story ever told. You never get past Christmas. For me, it's the dawn of redeeming grace. And I needed the grace of God to redeem me. And He came and He saved me. So how about you? Have you made mistakes, big ones? Have you failed many times? What are you going to do from that place? You're going to be like Judas and drift away in despair, give up? Or will you be like Peter, receive the grace and forgiveness of God, try again and go on to be all that God has called you to be? You see, you will experience failures and you will experience mistakes. It's just life. I think we overrate mistakes. (laughs) I really do. I think we overrate failures and we we blow them all out of proportion. And it cripples people. Some people never move forward because they're stuck in a mistake. They're stuck in a failure. They're stuck in a defeat. God wants to set us free from that. That's why I say there's a new track for us moving forward. Not a license to sin, not a license to compromise, but mistakes are okay. A failure is okay. If it's not, I'm in trouble. And I think all of us probably are. You see, you will experience these things, but if you keep moving forward, there will be resurrections. I think one of the clearest, strongest uh, preachings of Scripture with God is that defeat is followed by resurrection. Death is followed by resurrection. God is a great resurrector of that which is lost, gone, defeated, ended, over. With God, it's never over. He has a power To raise us up again. He is a power to get us moving again. He is a power to lift us from the greatest despair, the greatest defeat, the greatest mistakes to go on and be something wonderful for God. That's the power of the gospel. That's the message of the resurrection. It didn't end with the death of Jesus when it all looked like everything was a failure. Everything was a defeat. It didn't end there because he rose again on the third day. And God's in the business of raising us up once again to see his power and to see his blessing in our lives. No, far, no matter how far you fall, how great the mistake, God can work a resurrection for you. Okay, let's give you some biblical examples. What about Abraham? Abraham lied more than once and put you know, other lives almost at risk. That's pretty bad. Moses killed. I don't think there's anyone in that category here, though there might be. I a guy that started coming to West a number of years ago. He came out of prison. He'd been in for murder. And he used to tell people when he saw me on TV, he said, that's my pastor. So it was a recommendation for me, I guess. And <laughs> but to me, it was just fantastic having him in the church because that's the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness of God. And people of God can lift anyone out of, out of defeat. So Moses killed. He lost his temper. What about David? Adultery, murder, liar. That one really gets me, you know. Because this is the man after God's own heart. Excuse me? Murder, adultery. I'm not validating any of those things. They're not right. But he still was a man after God's own heart. He still had this passion to love and serve God. Then there's Rahab. She was a prostitute. Ends up in the genealogy of Jesus. You see, your life is more about your future than your past. It's Probably what I'm trying to say today, can you take your eyes off your past? Take them off the past and look into the future because your future is more powerful than your past. God is more powerful than your past and he's got a great future for you. Tell the person next to you, God's got a great future for you. Say it with conviction, with real conviction. God's got a great future for you. Some of you find that hard to believe, don't you? But it's true. It is true. It's going to come up. Here, Thomas Edison, let's put him on the screen. What did he say? He said, I haven't failed. I just found 10,000 ways that don't work. Do you like that? There's an argument whether it was 10,000 or 1,000. I researched it, and they had all the different figures, but 10,000 was the most impressive, so I picked that one. Just found 10,000 ways. People who succeed don't see failure in the wrong light. They don't see these things that don't work. They don't treat it as as failures as such. I'll get to that in a moment. This guy invented the light bulb after 10,000 attempts. There was a movie, Chariots of Fire. Some of you would have seen it. The English runner Harold Abrams runs against Scottish champion Eric Liddell and loses for the first time in his life. This is, this is interesting. The pain of failure is so great, he decides he's not going to race again. And you know, some of you sitting here today, maybe the pain of failure, defeat has been so bad, you thought, oh, I'm just never going to do that again. You tried it once, it's a gift you've got, but it didn't work, so you're never going to use it again. Well, he sort of made that kind of decision. His girlfriend, um, Sybil, argues and says, this is ridiculous. Harold says, I lost. She says, if you can't take a beating, perhaps it's for the best. Harold replies, I don't run to take beatings. I run to win. And he shouts, if I can't win, I won't run. Sybil pauses and says, if you don't run, you can't win. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? If you don't try, you can't succeed. If you don't run, you can't win. To run and win is great. To run and lose is painful, but it's not failure. Failure is just refusing not to run at all. That's failure. When you mistake, make a mistake. When you fail, which you will, you may need to dig deep into God and develop a greater trust in Him, a closer walk with Him. But guess what? That's the greatest growth of all. Getting a closer relationship and a closer walk with God is fantastic. Romans 8 28, we know all things work together for good for those who love God called according to his purpose. God can work failure and mistakes for our good. It's time to step out of our comfort zones and into the great future God has for us. You know, the kingdom of God needs you. Church Unlimited City needs you. New Zealand and beyond (laughs) needs you. We all need you. We need what you bring to the table. But you know, for many people, the pain of failure leads to a fear of failure, and then they get stuck in the fear cycle. It's almost impossible to move forward if you've been an actor for a long time, getting started is not easy. But once you start, you get momentum. It's time to start. Get out of the stuck cycle. Get out of the fear cycle. And break out of your comfort zone and become the person God has called you to be. You know, for many people, pain of failure leads to a fear of failure. And then it's really hard to move forward from there. If you take a step, get out of your comfort zone. Get your feet wet. In time, you'll walk on water. Because Jesus came at Christmas to launch us into a supernatural walk. That's what it's all about. A walk beyond the natural. Here's a quote for you. Failures, mistakes are part of the process of success. Does that one come Yeah, failure, mistakes are part of the process of success. It's just the way life works. And I think the sooner we understand it, the better. People who avoid failure also avoid success. We could have avoided the trust arena. We could have. There's a lot within us that didn't want to avoid that, but we would have also avoided success. We could have avoided Church Unlimited Sydney, but we would have then avoided success as well. So when you avoid failure, you also avoid success. We really don't want to go down that track. 70 top performers were interviewed. Listen to this. They found out that none of them viewed their mistakes as failures. Isn't that interesting? Guess how they viewed them? As learning experiences? Opportunities for growth? Tuition paid. They focus on learning from their mistakes because mistakes really do pave the road of achievement. A person who never made a mistake never tried anything. If you do fail or make a mistake, make sure you fail forward. Here's four thoughts here. Turn your mistakes into stepping stones for success. What to do with a failure or a mistake. Number one, recognize it. You've got to own up to it. Admit it. Learn from it. There's a key. Three. And the best one of all, forget it. But you better do three and four. Well, recognize admit, learn from it, then forget it. Leave it in the past and move forward into all that God has for you. So in closing... God has put in in you more than your life shows. It is so true. It's true of everyone in this room. God's put in you more than your life shows. There's more to you yet. There's a whole lot more. Do you know that? There really is. There's a whole lot more to you yet. Do you know there's a whole lot more to me yet? (laughs) I always say to myself, I ain't seen nothing yet. There's just so much more. There's so much more to Church Unlimited limited city than we see to this point in time. There's so much more. There's such a great future for this place and for each and every one of us. To be the amazing person God's called you to be, to see the seeds of greatness in you be maximum fruit, will require stepping out of your comfort zone. But a new track moving forward for us, it's okay to make mistakes, to even fail at things we try and do. There are no failures in this place. I look across here, there is no failures. There's not one failure in this place. Maybe there's some that not yet succeeded, but God never makes failures. We can all know the favor, the blessing, and the success of God. Don't ever let anyone say you're a failure. Don't ever say to yourself, I'm a failure. Someone sent me a text the other day or a, some, a message. I don't know where it came from, but they just said, you know, I, I, I'm a They must have heard one of these messages and just said, I'm a failure. I've just messed up my life. I'm a failure and everyone thinks I'm a failure. That is a lie from the pit of hell. There are no failures. God does not make failures. We can all know the blessing of God, the success of God, be used by God. I want to break that thing over our lives. Break the sense of failure. Break that feeling of failure. Break the words failure written over our lives. It's like a broken record that spins round and round and round and says, failed, 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 failed. We need to change that record. Wipe it clean. That's what Christmas is about. That's what Jesus is about. He cleans the slate. He changes a record from failure, mistake, useless, to success, favored by God, a blessing. He changes that record. And we need to change it too because the blood of Jesus cleanses us removes all of these things. So I just want to say it again. A new track, mistakes are okay. You see, if mistakes are not okay, I'm never going to try again. Because if a mistake is the end, then it's the first mistake and you're finished. I'm not saying let's go out and make a whole lot of mistakes. I'm not saying that. You know what I'm saying. But I'm, we've got to have come to that. Otherwise, we're paralyzed. And I think the devil wants to paralyze us. And I think so many Christians are paralyzed paralyzed because they've listened to the lies of the devil. They've listened to the lies of their own voice. They've listened to the lies of other people, and they're paralyzed. When I look across this auditorium here today, the potential I see locked in each one of you, there's enough gifting, there's enough ability to shake the, the central city of Auckland. If we can just get it out, if we can just release it, if we can just get it moving, There's more to your life than shows right now. I want you to take that home with you. There's so much more. Let's break that lie of the devil that says we're no good. We're not good enough. We're failures. God's bigger than your mistakes and failures. God has a great future for you. You're called and destined to walk on water. You really are. You are called and destined by God. Everyone in this room to walk on water. By that I mean to walk in a, a level of ability that is beyond the natural. Because we serve a supernatural God. Surely if God is in us, it's got to make a difference. Right? It's got to change. We've got to give us a head start on everyone else. If God is with us. God is in us. Absolutely. God's got a great future for you. You're destined to walk on water. It will take courage. It will mean getting out of your comfort zone. But the results will be well worth it. You are not a failure in God's eyes. You are and can be a wonderful success and walk on water by God's power. God bless you.